0: Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. How are you today, Dr. Dyer?
1: I'm great. Couldn't be better. Just got out of the ocean. It was a really beautiful swim today.
0: Mm, well, nice. I'm feeling really good, too, because I just watched your movie last night. That was my Sunday night popcorn
1: movie. Also, no wonder you used to be in ambition. Now you sound like you're in meaning. That's really great. (laughs) Exactly. Well, what'd you think? I, I didn't know you watched
0: it. I thoroughly. I well, I got of course one of the premier before launch copies here. Right, Very lucky. Right. Um, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I I loved that it has this sort of indie artsy feel to it with this twist of spirituality, and um, it was really engrossing. and And one thing that I that I just kept thinking about is how when I don't I'm not going to give away the whole plot line. But so much of what you were saying and what I was watching the characters do, because it's a real movie. They're real characters moving through their lives. Um, it's like when I would watch them, I kept thinking about my own life. And, and and so the movie really kept bringing it back to me. And, of course, I start thinking and, and then I'm getting all you know, engaged. Mm. And so it just sort of happens on so many levels. The film, I, I don't know if that was the intention, but it, it worked for me very well that way.
1: It does, and almost everyone who's seen it, and, and very few have because it won't even be out available until January. But uh, the ones who have and the previews that we've sent people, are, are uh, they find it very compelling and uh, very provocative and, uh, and thought-provoking for mm-hmm. uh, for everyone, and that was the idea behind it. I went to a movie the other night. Uh, to this new movie out called Australia with Nicole Kidman and so on. And it's a long three-hour movie. And uh, and I noticed that uh, during the film, I kept thinking, this couldn't happen. No, this couldn't happen. This was like... And they were they went so much for the dramatic and uh, you know, have someone appear out of the mist and then someone comes in out of the clouds and then there's all... The... And I kept thinking, well, of course, now that I'm a movie maker and a movie star, I'm much more of a critic. <laughs> you know? so, right, I was a little that, director uh, there. <laughs> the difference between that film that I watched the other night, uh, which was an entertaining film, uh, and uh, Ambition to Meaning is that the Ambition to Meaning is about real people, real events, real things that go on in people's lives and uh, off- also offers some opportunity for uh, making a shift from... Yeah. Just being focused on the ego, and what's in it for me, and what can I get, and uh, how much can I do, and and so on, into uh, living a life of meaning, and trying to do that through through the medium of film.
0: Okay, well, you said the word ego, so I have a funny little story to tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was watching it with my daughter, who is six now, and uh, right at the beginning of the film, she looks at me and says, Mommy, what's ego? And I think, mm. oh, God, and I pause it. <laughs> And I'm like, well, how do I <laughs> tackle this one? So then I started talking to her, and I brought up personality, and then we had to explain what personality was. Then she asked me, well, Mommy, does God have personality? What's God's personality? And mm. that that stumped me. That was um. <laughs> i wondered what how and i was thinking well how would how would wayne answer that one <laughs> what would you tell how would you communicate that to a six-year-old
1: <laughs> i would say that god is everything that ego isn't <laughs> that's what i would say you know ego is you know the the letters stand for edging god out and uh, when we when we allow the, the the real authentic the real person that we are inside Uh, to run our lives Uh, we don't worry so much about all of the things and appearances and uh, and just live a a life of uh, of purpose and meaning and happiness and joy that's who we are yeah uh,
0: and one line you really um you said in there that really struck me was um when you're moving from ambition to meaning and of course that's the title of this movie ambition to meaning uh, you say it's moving out of the ambition phase of life into the point where you are looking for doing something, you can still remain purposeful, but purposeful with meaning. And you call it yes. the afternoon of your life, where this occurs. Mm-hmm. And and so, my husband and I had a long discussion afterwards about when is this afternoon of your life? I mean, because it seems like people hit this point at at different points in their life.
1: Absolutely, the morning of the life is not has nothing to do with age. The morning mm-hmm. of our life is the time when we are very often focused on this ego and on what's in it for us and how much we make and uh, who we're better than and how, <clears throat> how much we accumulate and so on. And uh, that's all about ambition. And meaning is when we we can have ambition, but we can have ambition about, about purpose and about meaning and about living a life that... Uh, you know that makes a difference to other people, and and makes makes you feel good rather than just it leaves you frustrated and fearful and anxiety anxious and uh, and sick and so on. Uh, where you where you're living each and every day fulfilled and, and purposeful and knowing that your life is really making a difference. And uh, the shift takes place for <clears throat> people. Some people very frequently it's in the early 30s, but it's it can be um you know it can be in the teenage years. It can be in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie I think will help people to realize that they can live a life of meaning uh, even if they do have uh, a lot of ambition as well right so
0: and i have a wonderful call i have been staring at for a while now line 2 holly from nashville tennessee holly i love the question i see up here on the screen is a uh, you going to stay with that question
2: um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, good. I spit it out.
1: <laughs> How you doing, Holly?
2: Hi, Dr. Dyer. Oh, wow. I can't believe I'm really talking to you. You um, are. <laughs> I can't wait to see your movie. Um, thank and you, you. have just, too. Yay. You have just been <laughs> instrumental in my spiritual growth, and I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for your service oh, to the you're
1: world. You're so welcome. Thank you.
2: Um, my question has to do with the past year I've been trying to—it's actually a question I've come to some conclusions about myself, but I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your thoughts. Um, I have been trying to reconcile um, the teachings of Abraham and the law of attraction, and you Mm -hmm. get what you think about, and positive affirmations, um, and reaching for a better feeling thought— and what I'm learning in my Buddhist meditation group, um, or what Debbie Ford is teaching, or what any good therapist teaches, which is some examination of your suffering, is important in order to transcend it and move into a place of forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. Or in, my, uh, in the Buddhist meditation group that I attend, they, they teach us to, if pain comes up for you, to sit with your pain that it's okay not to try to affirm it away. And so I've been trying, I've kind of been struggling with these two, like how do I sit with the pain without creating more pain because that's what I'm focused on, right? right? But Mm -hmm. I also feel like some exploration of our suffering is important um, or that simply moving to a better feeling thought and slapping some affirmations on top of it, not to trivialize affirmations, um, Mm -hmm. is sometimes feels like putting a bandaid on a deeper wound and i'm just trying to reconcile the two
1: yeah it's uh, it's it's a good question and it's it's something to think about but i just i always have a difficulty with people uh, attempting to defend suffering um <laughs> You know, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like uh, I've heard people say so many times, I have a right to be miserable, and mm. um, and and who would who would you know who would argue with that? If, certainly, if you want to be miserable and if you want to suffer. Um, but see, I think suffering comes from uh, from believing our thoughts about the way the world ought to be, or the way other people ought to be, or the way things ought to be going, and so on. Um, one of the things I've learned, and especially in writing my this new book, Excuses Be Gone, is uh, uh, in fact the the display quote for the entire book says, uh, "Don't believe everything you think." Mm-hmm. Um, and m- almost all of the things that we call quote suffering um, are really just lessons that we're going through in the moment. And um, and while we're going through them, we have a choice. We can we can uh do something with them. We can say, uh, all right, this is uh, uh if if I continue along this particular pattern it's gonna leave me uh into a <clears throat> into a higher place or into a better place or if I if I think about it in a different way it's going to keep me in you know in a in a place of misery, unhappiness, sickness and so on. And uh and all of that suffering stuff is um you know, it's what we, we can spend an awful lot of our energy uh, going over it and examining it and so on. But the fact is that uh, almost all of it just comes from from believing our thoughts and our thoughts uh, most of the time just simply aren't true. Uh, they don't hold up to the, you know, Byron Katie does a really good job on this in something called The Work. And I've done a lot on this in this new paradigm, in this Excuses Be Gone paradigm, is to, to look at any thought, any suffering that you have and ask yourself what kind of thoughts there are about it, um, that, um, that I'm saying shouldn't be there or are causing me to feel this way. And if you just ask yourself the very first question in the Excuses Be Gone paradigm is, is it true and can you be 100% certain that that thought is true? And the fact is that almost always you you can't I shouldn't say almost always always you can never make an absolute determination that the thought that I'm thinking is is absolutely 100% true and uh, and and holds up to that kind of a test. So now you have a choice and the choice you can have is I can have a thought that is going to continue to have me suffer um and the thought may or may not be true it, it likely isn't true or i can have another choice which is to have a thought that may or not be not be true but is going to lead me away from this place of suffering and to be in a place of fulfillment of of meaning uh... and so on so why not take uh, option number two pick the thought that at least you know you may not be sure it's true or not true but you can you can get yourself to a place that is uh, is, is going to align you with feeling good with being closer to god with feeling content and so on and almost all of that suffering stuff that suffering kind of thinking is our inability to project ourselves out into the future uh... think about how i would like this outcome to come and then begin to get the feeling state of that and to stay with that and you can watch and 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 make this make the suffering go away um, i don't know that analyzing some, so anytime you analyze anything um, uh, the first four letters of analyze are anal, all right? And, <laughs> and 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 what we do when we analyze something is we tear it apart. We we you know when what you're talking about looking at whatever suffering is going on in your life and looking at all of the causes and all of this and all of that. But then you always get back to you get back, Holly, to this to the present moment. You get back to now. You know, and so you figured it all out and it was your mother's fault or it was the way that she liked your sister better than you or it was that you lived in an orphanage or that your father was an alcoholic or, you know, whatever it is, you can analyze and go through the, all the kind of thing, but it, you're still left with this moment and what am i going to do in this moment and in this moment you can either take this moment fill it with all of the stuff that you're analyzing analyzing about all the things that happened to you in the past or you can use this moment to project into the future that, and to begin to work from that from that future moment backwards to now and start to feel good about what it is that you would like to see. Even if it's like a very serious disease or whatever it is, you have a much better chance of transcending it if you get past the suffering thinking and the analyzing and the tearing it apart and bring the whole thing together instead of uh, instead of tearing it apart. And that I don't know. That's my rig. What is uh, what is it that you could that goes on in your own life? I would ask you that ca- causes you suffering. That you think more thinking about it is going to do something to make it go away or to make it better. Can well, think
2: I think. Well, uh, um, honestly, the example that I was thinking of is um, my reaction as a metaphysician and a believer in the law of attraction, mm-hmm. my reaction to other people that aren't maybe in this community yet. The um, mm-hmm. a, a very specific example is when I was first learning about the law of attraction and reading an Abraham book, it was right around the same time that The Secret came out. My best friend was going through a miscarriage. Uh, She had two miscarriages. She was trying to get pregnant. And she Mm -hmm. was in the middle of some serious suffering. And I felt at the time, like, looking back now, I feel like um, I maybe could have been a better friend to her had I just hugged her and had compassion for her suffering Mm -hmm. rather than trying to say, oh, you know, well, think about what you really want and cut out a picture of a baby and stick it under your pillow. And Mm -hmm. like I was trying to use these metaphysical teachings to help her when really I think I could have just had compassion for her. And actually, the, the answer really came for me from an Abraham quote, to be honest. Um, and I love Abraham's teachings. Um, mm-hmm. But it, the quote is, when you are looking for a solution, you are feeling positive emotion. But when you are looking at a problem, you're feeling negative mm-hmm. emotion. Right. And that, to me, made sense. Because there's also a Jack Kornfield quote, who's an American Buddhist, about mm-hmm. discovering the power of the heart to hold all things. Hmm. Sorrow, loneliness, happiness, and peace. And so that, I think that resolved it for me, was that it's, it's the difference between wallowing in your suffering and having an awareness of it and covering right. it with love yeah. and compassion. And, hmm. then, and then that love and compassion is the higher frequency that the law of attraction will respond to.
1: I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, see, that, this is one of the reasons that I didn't do The Secret and and, and stayed out away from it. And I was offered to because I think The Secret missed something. Mm. Um, and I think oftentimes even uh, the application of the of the law of attraction misses something. And that's what I learned from Lao Tzu is that he calls the he calls it living by the four cardinal virtues that the only way that you ever get the door open like you don't you do not attract this is my conclusion on this you do not attract in life what you want you attract what you are okay so that and being what you are is like living the virtues and the virtues are and you you talked about it first is reverence for all of life which is really compassion you know mm-hmm. towards everything and everyone and living that so that if you had been thinking in terms of how can i best serve my friend who was going through a miscarriage at this time, compassion would have been what you know what, what Lao Tzu would have urged you to do. Put your arms around her. Let her know how much she has loved, how much she has cared, rather than giving her a lecture about, you know, mm-hmm. that she attracted this into her life because of something that she was thinking. The second thing is is a natural sincerity. That's the second of the cardinal virtues, which is just manifested as pure honesty and kindness. And the th- And the third is gentleness. And the fourth is uh, service, service to mm-hmm. others. So that when you forget about yourself, let go of your ego, and do do nothing but like. If you look at your hands, just hold, just take right now a look at your hands and look at both of your hands and say, these are the hands of God. If I am a piece of God, these are the hands of God. What in what does God do with God's hands? If God could, you could imagine God with hands, okay? Or source with hands. All that source can do with their hands as ever has done is give is offer, is provide, is is to be compassionate, is to be loving. And when you are like that, you align yourself then with source energy because that's, it now recognizes what it is. It is also a giving medium. It is only giving and offering and serving and loving. And when you do that, that's when the angelic teachers, that's when the guides, that's when... It, begin to connect with you because you are now operating on the same wavelength that they are and that's when all of the things that you would like to see show up in your life begin to manifest because you are living from there rather than using this higher consciousness level to ask your, ask for something uh, that I would like to have. Please give me this. Give give me peace. Give me more love. Give me more my. Give me a BMW. Give me my a Rolex. Whatever it might be, which is what a lot of people did with the with the secret. Instead of saying if 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 you, that's what you want to do, then you need to be uh, thinking in terms of whatever it is that anybody else is going on uh, happening for them in their life. That the happiness that you wish for yourself, the joy that you wish for yourself, want it more for them then you want it for yourself act on that wanting and then see how you feel by doing that and then just watch what happens for you in your own life and then it shows up and you're not attached to it and that's when you reach the highest levels that's the place that i'm at in most of the time in my life right now mm,
2: does wonderful. that make sense
1: yes beautiful yeah so that's where I am. And that's what Excuses Be Gone is going to answer, I believe. It is really about living, it's about how to live the virtues in such a way that then you make the door open. That's when the door is open. The door, Lao Tzu says, as long as you are attached to this, the gross world, this world, the material world, the door will not open. You'll Those angels will not find you, and you cannot find them. They seek you out. And the only time they seek you out is when you're acting like they do and when and what is acting like they do living the cardinal virtues reverence for all of life honesty kindness gentleness and service to others by being that everything, that's when that's when you attract what you are and more and more comes into your life and a little thing like a uh, um you know like 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 an event that you're talking about with your friends i don't mean to d- diminish it or trivialize it but it is it's all in the perfection of the universe when when a when a, chi- when a child uh, miscarriages it's because the universe says this isn't it's not time, it's not right. There's something not correct here. Uh, and you you learn to just accept and honor that and, and start beginning to focus on on serving those who did get here. Mm. Okay, sweetheart.
2: Thank you so great.
1: much. Great question. Can't wait for your reaction to the movie. Get out uh, there, ambition. Yay, I can't it. wait to see it. <laughs> I'll be there. Take you. It's going to make to you, you. think Holly you, Holly Thanks. nice call. <laughs>
0: Dr. Dyer we have Gina who is waiting to speak with you now from Milwaukee. Gina welcome you are live with Dr. Wayne Dyer.
3: Hi Dr. Dyer
1: it's so great to talk to you today. Hi. Thank you. Milwaukee?
3: Wisconsin.
1: I'm going to give you a song that I remember from my from my youth. Are you ready? Yes. I'm I'm from Milwaukee and I ought to know it's what? You don't know that? Can it snow? I don't know what. No, it's Blatz 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 beer wherever you go. Oh you God! Blatz no. beer from Milwaukee.
0: There is only one Milwaukee, right? Is there another? Was there like a Milwaukee, Kansas? I don't think so. No, no,
1: no Wisconsin. <laughs> the Cheeseheads—that's where all the Cheeseheads are up there. Yes, that
0: is
3: true. The Green
1: Bay Packers fans, right?
3: Yes.
1: What's on your mind, dear?
3: Um, my question is, um, I am um having a lot of guilt. I would like to leave the relationship I am in with my husband. Um there has been um alcohol abuse for a couple of years and you know, he hasn't wanted to change that for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh but as I get closer and closer to making my final decision there's just a lot of guilt and um, leaving the relationship and we do have two kids together and it's, you know, the guilt becomes overwhelming. And I think that kind of holds me back from just
1: kind of leaving. If, uh, right. If you, um, if you didn't have the drinking thing, would that, uh, would you, would, is there any condition under which you could say you would, you would stay with this man?
3: Any condition? Well,
1: I yeah, would, I mean, if there were changes that he were to make or whatever.
3: Right. I yeah. I would say definitely with the drinking.
1: It is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And have you been able to communicate that to him? Yes. Mm-hmm. But and his re- his response is.
3: Well, he doesn't see it as a problem for himself, so.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. You know. He
1: what form does the abuse take? What form? Yeah. Does it? Does he, is it physical? Does he hit, no, hit you? No. And-
3: no, he doesn't. Uh, he becomes verbal, verbally abusive. Mhm, mm-hmm.
1: okay, so <clears throat> you've been thinking this for how long?
3: Probably a good year now,
1: mhm, and can you and what is it that stops you?
3: I guess it's more I would say more guilt um in you know thinking about my children they're <laughs> close to him, and um. I guess sometimes just thinking, you know, his life would be miserable, you know, if we just, you know, all of a sudden left.
1: It might be. I mean, that's one option. Is can you be certain that that thought is true? No. You know that his (laughs) that his life is going to be miserable. So what's the what's it? So you can't be certain that his life is going to be miserable is a true thought. So why would you think a thought that isn't true? I mean, that is probably not true, or may may or may not be true. What's the reverse of that thought? That his life will be
3: um, brilliant, happy.
1: Yeah. Hiding. Okay. And both of those are possibilities. So right. every time you have a thought about the guilt, what you're trying to look at is what what is the thing that is keeping me from uh, from making any move? And it's because you believe your thoughts about how terrible things are going to be or how difficult it's going to be. Or um whether you can handle things financially, I don't know any number of these kinds of thoughts and you have these thoughts and you start to believe them but then when you start to test them, you begin to realize that they they're they're just as likely that they're not true as that they are so you what you want to do is get to a place where you say to yourself what what is the best thing in the world for for you what is your name Gina yeah yeah what's the what is the best thing for Gina and her what well, you, you said you have two children together you have other children as well.
3: No, we just have two kids.
1: You have the two children. And how old are they?
3: Uh, Three and eight months. Mm
1: -hmm. So do you see, you know, what kind of thoughts do you have about being able to raise these children on your own and so on? Does that... uh, Well, uh,
3: well, I, yeah, there are thoughts in where, you know, being a single parent will be kind of challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. Those thoughts come up and um, maybe it'll be frustrating, you know, taking them back and forth between two homes. hmm Um.
1: And, and what's the upside? What's the upside for you?
3: Well, the upside for me is I, you know, won't have to be around, you know, when he does turn verbally abusive or, you know, the alcohol. hmm Um, you know, just things will be more peaceful for myself. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, my children don't have to be, you know, don't have to grow up around that.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you in love with this man?
3: Um, it kind of changed. I think the alcohol, because we don't have that kind of disconnect. But, I mean, I don't feel emotionally connected. I can emotionally connect to him when he's like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and you feel you have... You feel you have a right to not be uh, verbally abused by the person that right. you're living with, right? Yeah. Right. Which you absolutely do. Right. Um, and the only way that you're going to be able to convey that to your husband mm-hmm. is Are you married? Yeah. Okay, so the only way you're going to be able to con- convey this to your husband is through behavior, not with words. Words don't work with some with with addiction and with, uh, you know, uh, addicts generally, especially alcoholics. uh, And if he's being verbally abusive with his alcohol, he's an alcoholic. Uh, Generally speaking, those um, the only way that you can get the message across is through your behavior. And that's what I would urge you to do. I really would. I would just say I I would I would stop. All of the thoughts about how fearful and how anxious and how how terrible and how guilty you're going to feel about what's going on in his life and so on, and uh, get, go within yourself and see your life uh, uh, playing out the way you want it to play out. Okay, it, get the vision first. All right, I've been do, I've been on this theme all for this whole show. You get on the you get you get a vision of your life uh, being. You know, not not at, not without your husband in it or anything, but you get a vision of your life uh, as as happy, as content, as uh, you are being respected, as you are not being yelled at, as you, you know you're healthy, you're happy, you're financially doing well, and so on. And then get to, and then go to the feeling level on that, and then hang on to that feeling. Hang on to that inner that feeling is something that registers all over your body. You know, like in your stomach and in your heart and in your head and every place else. You start feeling better about, about your life. And, so, and hang on to that feeling. And just keep hanging on to the feeling of what it feels like to not have a verbally abusive person uh, talking to you, especially under the influence of alcohol. And you will manifest the life that you want. Uh, you, it, 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 it can't fail. If you can, if you can pay really strict attention to hanging on to that kind of a feeling, so and then you will act upon that feeling, and uh, you will take the children, or you uh, and you will go someplace else, whatever whatever plans, however you see it working out for yourself, or get yourself an apartment, and you will send a message to this man that you, are, you have too much respect for yourself and you are to have too much respect for your children to continue to live in a situation where you are taking verbal abuse. Uh, and verbal abuse is just as bad as physical abuse. It's almost as bad as physical abuse all right and 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 when you take action on that and you you then send a message to your husband and the message you send is i'm no longer willing to be the victim of somebody who needs to verbally abuse me because you can't control your alcohol intake and, you, and it, isn't a, it isn't a long talk. It's not a, a sitting down and trying to get everything figured out. It's not all the tears that go with that and all the anxiety and so on. It is demonstrating with your behavior that this is how I intend to be treated and how I intend to live my life, and I feel good about it. I feel, And you hang on to the good feeling. You just keep hanging on to that good feeling. And your husband then will, will, will take one of two paths. He will either get crazier and, you know, and, and so on, and you'll know that this is someone you can't be with, or he'll wake up and he'll realize the most important treasures in his life are his <laughs> wife and his children, and he has put himself in jeopardy of losing them over a, a simple thing like drinking too much, and he'll, take, he'll, he'll do something about it. Meantime, if you just sit around and worry about it and feel guilty about it and anxious about it, you're just going to get sicker and sicker and more depressed within yourself. Right. And uh, and uh, you you have an option now, and and you hang on to the feeling of what does it feel like to be a woman, a mother of two children who is always treated with decency and respect, and which is what you're entitled to, and every woman is entitled to. Right. Well,
3: thank you so much, Doctor. That definitely just um Opened my mind, and I really appreciate yeah.
1: it. Yeah, you teach people with behavior, not with words. You know, the words you, you've already you've already had enough arguments. You've had enough tears. You've been you've you've you know what it feels like to have someone uh, castigate you and, and and make you and try to make you feel inferior. Uh, and so you know what all of that feels like. You don't have to you don't have to go around feeling like that anymore. You're not going to start projecting yourself ahead as a a woman who is going to be respected and is going to be treated with the the respect that she's entitled to, and and what that feels like, and you hang on to that, and you'll act on that very quickly. Wow. Okay, babe?
3: Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to that.
0: To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.